Grace, peace, and love uh, be yours in abundance. Amen. Our sermon text for this morning comes from Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 to 15. And this section of Scripture has to deal with a very important question that I'm sure you have heard many times in your home, most likely from the boys in the family rather than from the girls, although I will not say anything about the girls. They may have asked this question a number of times as well. But this question is, what's for supper? I said that question in the first service and my wife was sitting in the pews and she looked at me and I got a glare that says, yeah, you ask that question a little too often and sometimes before you've even had breakfast. But for some people like me, I'm just curious about what is for supper, what the plan is, but for others they want to know because they are starting to feel hungry and they want to know what that next meal is so that they know what they're looking forward to, what they want is coming up. And we all receive different answers to that question, and it'll depend on each individual family and circumstance within that family, but it's usually something that we will like. Whether it has meat or whether it doesn't, we enjoy what we are going to have for that next meal, especially if we are feeling particularly hungry. But something else that goes along that same line of getting our daily meals is another meal that we receive and that we should receive daily and something that you probably do. That's having daily devotions with your family or by yourself. And that can either happen in time with the meal or it might happen before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning. Whenever it is, we receive the spiritual food that we need for our bodies through our devotions. Because that's what food and spiritual food have in common. They help us in our day-to-day life. Physical food helps our physical bodies to get through the day. gives us the energy to live each and every day. And spiritual food gives food to our soul so that our soul can face the day's trials and tribulations that come, knowing and trusting in the Word of God. And today, in our Scripture lesson from Exodus chapter 16, God makes that clear to the Israelites. We see God providing for the Israelites food for both body and soul. And we know that He provides the same thing for our bodies and souls. So let's let's jump into where the Israelites are at this point in time, where our text takes place. The Israelites have pretty much just left Egypt. They had just crossed the Red Sea and were now in the desert. And things were okay for a while. There weren't too many major issues, but now they were approaching a problem. There were two million plus people in the middle of a desert, and they were running out of food, and it's the desert, so there's no way you're going to find enough food to feed two million plus people. So they needed to get food. So they, of course, do the right thing, right? And they go and talk to Moses and seek help from him, right? Well, 
That is not at all what they did. Instead, this is what the Israelites said to Moses. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They were just so hungry that they wanted to go back to Egypt and that they blamed Moses for taking them out to kill them in the desert. They seem to have a very short memory when it comes to what Egypt was really like. Notice how they focus particularly on the amount of food they had to eat. But they forget about the fact that they were slaves and that they worked all day, that they were whipped and beaten each and every day, and that they had cried out to God to save them. And God did. He sent Moses to lead the people out of Israel. And so now these people are completely forgetting that and complaining because they are running out of food. So how does God react to these people? These people are blaming his servant for something he didn't do, something he didn't even want to do. But God had told him, no, you are my chosen one. Go lead the people out of Israel. And now they're blaming him, which means that they're blaming God for all their problems. And that they would rather be dead. So, does God fulfill their wish and just kill them all on the spot, destroying all of the Israelites and starting all over with His plan of salvation? No. Instead, we see that God provides for His people. He gives them exactly what they want. That evening, droves of quail come into the camp of the Israelites so close to them that they can just hit them on the head and they can just grab them with their hands. And so they had meat to eat in the evening. And in that next morning, when the dew finally settled on the ground and it started to dry up, it turned into these white wafers that tasted like honey. And the people had no idea what this was. And so Moses tells them exactly what this is. It is the bread from God in heaven. God gives them the bread that they are asking for. The food they need to nourish their bodies for the next 40 years in the desert. And they have it for them for six days. They get this bread on the ground that they can take and eat. That is an amazing miracle that God performed in order to feed His people on a daily basis. And He does the same for us too, doesn't He? Despite our own rebellion within our hearts, God still provides us each and every day with daily food. I'm sure none of you can mention a time where you went home and opened up your cupboards, opened up your refrigerators, opened the freezer, looked everywhere for food, and found only dust. God provides food for us daily. It's not in this miraculous way that He did with the Israelites, with bread coming down from heaven, but rather we work, we earn money, and we buy our own food, but God still provides for us in that way. 
And we learn from Luther that it's not just food that God provides. In the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, where we ask God to give us our daily bread, Luther also says that when we ask for that, it's not just food, but it's also clothing and shoes for a house and a home to live in, for family, spouse, and children. We ask that we might have good workers, might have good employers. We ask that we have good government, good rulers over us. We even ask God to make the weather good so that the crops might grow and that the harvest might be good and all things like that. It's not just food. It's everything else that our daily lives need. God provides that when we ask for daily bread. And that is just an amazing thing that God does for us and He promises it to us again and again in the Bible And we can trust that because He has given us His Son. And if He has given us His Son, we can trust that He will give us all things. That leads us to that second part where God provides for our souls. And we see that right away with God and the Israelites. When the Israelites asked, God, asked Moses why did he take them out there and to provide food for them in some way, God said he would provide, and then he did this. He appeared to the Israelites. They looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. So while Aaron and while Moses were explaining what would happen, they saw God there. That has to be an amazing thing to see that the God who led you out of slavery in Egypt, who performed thousands upon thousands of miracles to get you to where you are, and who would then promise to give you food, was there, present with you in a way that was tangible, something you could actually see. And that had to fill the Israelites both with terror that this God was so close to them, but also with awe that this God was so loving and caring that despite all of their complaining, He still cares for them and is present with them. And that He goes with them wherever they go. And for us, He does the same thing. Though it's not in the picture of a cloud but rather in the picture of the man, Jesus Christ. And that's what John the Baptist noticed in our Gospel lesson when he pointed out, look, the Lamb of God, the Chosen One of God. And Jesus Himself even points out that, this, that He is the reason that God uses manna. The bread that they did not know what it was. Because Jesus calls Himself the bread of life. The bread that comes from heaven to feed our souls. And the food that He gives to us is the forgiveness of sins. Eternal life and salvation because of Jesus. Because He was the Lamb of God. The Lamb who would be sacrificed for sins once and for all. We now have eternal life. 
everything that our soul needs for its day-to-day life of facing trials and tribulations is found in Christ. And we receive that every day when we look into God's Word. When we read about God's promises to us that He will fulfill all of our physical needs, that He is there for us when we face trials and temptations, that He will give us a way out when sin comes to us, and how He comforts our fears, saying, do not be afraid, for I am with you. All of those things are found in God's Word. And we receive that blessing through Christ. And so now, we can feast upon the food for our souls and feast on the food for our bodies. Because that's ultimately what the answer to that question is. What is for supper? What is that next meal? It is whatever physical food that God provides for us on our daily basis that we buy ourselves and feed to our bodies, but it is also that spiritual food we find in God's Word. When we hear and read God's Word, He nourishes our souls to live each day to praise Him for what He has done. To thank Him for having sent the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because through Christ, we know heaven is our home and we will be with our Lord and Savior and see our God face to face one day. That is what nourishes our souls. That is how God provides for both our physical bodies and for our spiritual soul. Amen. Now may this peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.